Welcome to the Minorities Report Podcast. I'm Antonio Alcazar. And I'm Jason Private Joker Tech. We're here to review another movie for you guys. That's what we do here. We review movies. Uh, is that John Wayne? You and me? Um, if you are just tuning in for the first time, um, go back and watch our old episodes. Yeah, of course. Although, I mean, we've, we've gone through quite a bit of things already, you know, a lot of eighties hits so far. This is another one, 1987's full metal jacket. Uh, we decided we wanted to do something a little bit different. I don't know why we picked a war movie right off the top, but I mean, I love war films, so I was all ready for this type of thing. Yeah, we were, we, what did, what was our flimsy concept? Um, we didn't want to do romance movies. So yeah, that's what opposite. it was. The opposite of romance, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's such a dumbass fucking Somehow theme. <laughs> war war was the was war, the theme. Yeah. So All right. you know, we try to keep our shows as themed as possible. So today we're coming at you with the nineteen eighty seven hit from Stanley Kubrick, Full Metal Jacket. You know, this is one of those films, man. Fucking Kubrick, bro. I'm, like, I'm really surprised that this was Kubrick, to be honest. Yeah? Because uh, I've seen three. This is now my fourth Kubrick movie that mm-hmm. I've watched. And three of them I thought were atrociously slow. Yeah. And this I did not feel like it was atrociously slow um, at you all. You know what you you would know? This I is burned a, right through it. This was a, this was a book. So that's how you, you should, he loves to adapt oh, books. Sure. This was a book uh, written by a guy you know who served actually I believe he served in Vietnam. Okay, Stanley Kubrick a little bit behind the scenes. Stanley Kubrick was approaching his next film that he was going to do, and like always, he had a couple options. It was between this and a movie about the Holocaust. That was oh, where he was okay. going. Yeah, and he chose this instead. So, so he wanted to do like a heavy movie. Yeah, heavy movie sure. definitely. And I'm glad he did this one. Um, I'm not going to reveal too much here. But, you know, you know me. I'm a fan of Kubrick. Yeah. So let's get right into the film. The The music kicks off and you got this nice blues style song about the Vietnam War. I mean, yeah. what else are you going to say about it? And right from the bet, it really sets the tone because you have these guys getting shaved up, you know, um, yeah. losing losing their individuality becoming the first steps of becoming a soldier. Mm-hmm. Second guy, you noticed him, of course, right? Kingpin? Uh, no. I yeah. Uh, Gomer, you know, Gomer Pyle. Oh, that's, oh, that's where I Vincent saw. Oh my God, that's Vincent D'Onofrio. That's absolutely What Vincent a young D'Onofrio. Vincent D'Onofrio. Right, exactly. Holy shit. Exactly. He looks so dopey, man. Yeah, and Vincent man. D'Onofrio doesn't really come off as dopey these days. No, definitely not. Ever since like Criminal Minds, man, he's yeah, been a, yeah. a dude like that. So, you know, a couple things about this. This is the, f- one of the, fr- <laughs> that's so crazy. It would have colored the movie so differently if I would have <laughs> recognized that. That's awesome. That's, that's funny that you didn't notice him. Cause I mean, obviously I did, but you know, that's cause I knew her already but yeah he um you know they start going through the shaving process this is one of the first things that kind of you know happens when you're at an ag for i can't i want to point this out too i can't speak on marine experience whatsoever i was not a marine i can only speak to army experience sure. and military and I, experience right generally. and i'm sure it's pretty similar also i went through infantry training so that was even more similar to marine training from other army training because to kind of not i don't want to get into this deeply but the army has different ways of training people one version called OSET, where you go through your basic and your AIT all together. Your AIT is your advanced individual training. So you're going to do like if you're a truck driver, your engineer, you know, whatever, you're going to get all your training at 
once. So like, you know, 14 weeks for us. They also have a separate set of training, which would be like if you were maybe a medic or something like that, you would go to a, a basic training base, um, what they call boot camp in the Marines. You would go through your nine weeks of uh, becoming a soldier, and then you would go from there to your AIT station and then learn your AIT skill, whatever that could be. Could be a 20-week course depending on just whatever your mos is okay so i can only speak to that portion of how it is but this is very similar to when you get to an ag you show up they kind of fuck with you then they start processing you into becoming a soldier and one of those first things you're doing is getting your head shaved because they're trying to turn everybody that was an individual into a one sure like a one unit and it's kind of demoralizing too if you're like attached to your hair sure yeah i will say my hair out for like two years (laughs) yours is a mane bro yeah it's out of control Control. I'd it's be awesome. bummed out. <laughs> yeah, you're very, you're very Jesus-like in your in your facial hair and your hair right sure, now. Sure, yeah, yeah. So I was so glad that I had my head shaved when I went in. Watching this reminded me how glad I was that I had because I used to bick. I, I've bicked my hair for many years. Sure. And what's bicked? Uh, Bic is the type of razor. Oh, yeah. So yeah, okay. I bicked down my hair before I, like the day before I shipped, too. Yeah. So when I got down there, actually, my head was more shaved than the people coming out of the hair. Sure. So they, uh, the haircuts. So they looked at me and they were like, you're good. You didn't have to. And re watching this, how they just fucking ripped through your hair like that, I yeah. was like, fuck me, man. I'm glad I have yeah. <laughs> shaved. So then we get into Gunnery Sergeant Hartman, man. This motherfucker is a legend, bro. Yeah, he's... um, So first off, a lot of this movie, I realized, was the... The source for a lot of quotes. Absolutely, Holy shit is absolutely. Like, man. there's a ton of stuff yeah. that I think even I say in my life yeah. that came from this movie, yeah. which I'm surprised. Uh, but the other thing is, this guy was like, if I'm not mistaken, I think you've told me this was a real drill instructor before this. No, so. The behind the scenes with this guy, uh, man, I love this motherfucker, bro. Uh, Robert Emery, he was a drill instructor. I want to make sure that's because that's what they call the Marine in the Army. They call him drill sergeants. So he was a drill instructor during Vietnam. Okay, so he was hired by Kubrick to be um, an advisor on this. Okay, and just kind of try to advise the guys and stuff like that. He wanted to try out, and Kubrick was like, "I don't think he was too nice." Basically, he was a nice guy and whatnot. Because behind the scenes, Emery is a really nice dude and whatnot. Okay, right? Yeah. And a lot of would not have thought that. Sure, and a lot of drill sergeants and instructors are, but they have to flip that switch to become that person while they're there because. They're trying to create soldiers, you know, right? They're trying to get something ready for war, really, when it boils down to it. So Kubrick was worried that he was not going to be tough enough, okay? So he was like, well, why don't you come out? You'll see how I can do it in front of some guys. And so he did it in front of the dudes, and Kubrick was at that moment. He's like, yep, he's hired. And not only was he hired... 75% 75% of the shit he says throughout the movie, completely his own. Not written for him whatsoever. He oh, All the insults, all the like dressing down to the privates, yeah. completely ad-libbed. He did that all on his own. Kubrick did not write a fucking single sentence of the dressing down to the privates. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so. Uh, but that's ugly. You know what that sounds like? What? Practice. He was a drill so- instructor. Yeah, but like, some of that was really mean. Okay. All right. So let's. I'll get into this as we go. Okay. Breaking them down and they're all at attention in their bays. That's how you kind of did it. Some of these fucking things. I want to make me laugh so hard, bro. Yeah. I do not look down on niggers, kikes, wops, or greasers. You are all equally worthless. Like that whole thing. Like the first time I saw that. 
I was like, holy shit. I want to point out, too, that before I joined the military, I had seen this movie, okay? Uh-huh. so And I remember asking my recruiter if it's if it's kind of like that. And he's like, it's kind of like that. But, uh-huh. like, they don't do, like, when, when I joined, it was in the 2000s. They didn't do, like, racial insults and stuff like that anymore, okay? okay they wouldn't yeah. refer to anyone as a nigger anymore and stuff yeah. like that, okay? So, first person he breaks down is Private Brown, a.k.a. Snowball. <laughs> One thing you're not going to like is that we don't serve, we don't serve fried chicken yeah. and watermelon on a daily basis. Yeah. Okay, so he breaks down Brown, and from Brown, that's when Joker goes, is yeah, that John right. Wayne? yeah. Because John Wayne was like you know a big star in yeah. like you know uh, movies military. I know, yeah, I know John Wayne, right? Yeah, of course. Sure, yeah. So I'm aware of John Wayne. I've and then he the freaks Wayne the movie. fuck out right yes, at that yeah. point. He freaks the fuck right. out. Right. Okay. Yeah. In my experience, okay, this is still this is when they're first addressing you. Okay, so I want to explain like how the army experience was. You go from an AG, which is where you get all your fucking gear, all that type of shit, right? You go from there downrange. You ride on a bus. Now, I don't know how it is anymore, so I don't want to speak to how it is anymore. They take you on a fucking bus ride that at the time is like 20 minutes, okay, right? 20, 25 minutes. You find out later on in your time there, it's like a mile from where you actually were, but they take you through all these different routes to fuck, because everything's done to confuse you, basically, and shit like that, you know, and feel, make you feel trapped on this island, so you start giving up yourself to, like, hand yourself over to this industry that's going to turn you into what they want, okay, sure, right? Yeah. When we were at the AG, we had drill drill sergeants, okay, that would walk around, and basically they'd talk to you and shit like that, they'd be like, hey, uh, private, you know, get squared away, this and that, blah, 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 you know, yeah. like, you need to get in line right over here, you know, they, you still had an order of discipline, chill. right, they were like... But they'd be pretty chill? Yeah, yeah, they were like, you know, uh, chow hall, you know, formation or whatever, boom, you would get in formation for chow, you know, this and that, blah, 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 yeah. you... Um, like, you not did some everyone PT. was just yelling at you. No, space. no, it was almost no yelling whatsoever. Sure. Like, okay. it was just like, hey, you know, you need to get here, private, you need to get, get squared away, you know, this and that, blah, blah, blah. Sure. They maybe make you do some push-ups or some shit like that, and you do some PT. Okay. That's pretty much it, though, okay? So you get on the bus, you go down range. I remember thinking to myself as I got on that fucking bus, bro, this is nothing, bro. Like, yeah. I, I was like, holy shit, is this, like, way easier than I expected it sure. to be. Like because you had seen Full Metal Jacket. Right, you know, all, <laughs> all this type of shit. And, I, like, I remember you have, your, you have your rucksack on, okay, and you have another bag that's carrying all your other shit, you know, and stuff like that. I don't know what a and rucksack is. A rucksack is like a backpack, okay, basically. Yeah. Okay, that right? big-ass long backpack? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Okay, that goes yeah. on your back. And then you have your duffel, basically, that's full of shit as well, and that's on your, on your chest and your front, okay, right? Yeah. And we get downrange to where we're going to spend the next few weeks, and the bus stops... And the bus opens up, and a drill sergeant comes onto the bus. Okay. Instantly on the bus. Get the fuck off oh, my fucking Jesus bus right now, motherfucker. Christ. Move your fucking ass. Move, 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 move. Okay. Bro, I was like, oh, shit. Okay. All right. This is different than I expected. Sure, yeah. I remember, like, getting my shit. Or like, more we, what you expect. Right, exactly. Yeah. Well, what I had come to expect, because I spent a week in the AG, basically. Oh, okay. okay. Right? Sure. And so we were all filing off the bus and shit like that. Information, formation. You know, like, and we're, like, getting into formation and shit like that, right? And... I got into my spot in formation, and I'm sitting there, and you're, you're supposed to stay at attention, basically, so head and eyes forward, okay, right? Yeah. And I remember being head and eyes forward, and they're and what they're doing, basically, is drill sergeants are walking up and down the lines, basically fucking with people a little bit and shit like that, right? And then other sergeants that are, like, the assistants to these drill sergeants are calling out, like, numbers and shit like that, because we all have numbers. You're not even a name. You're a number, okay, right? Yeah. And so... They're walking up and down the thing, right? And I'm just heading eyes forward, no problem whatsoever. And I'm like, and people around me are getting shit on like a motherfucker. And I'm just like, bro, yeah. I'm going to fucking square my shit away. Yeah. I'm going to fucking do this. It ain't even going to be a problem, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm at a position of attention, okay? Yeah. Somebody over here has got some shit going on. 
I turn my eyes to the left a little bit, okay? Like, not even move my head, just yeah, like this, yeah. like, kind of like, and like, probably the slightest move because I'm yeah. looking over here. Drill Sergeant jumped in my fucking face right there. I thought I fucking told you, head and eyes forward, head and eyes forward, bro. What the yeah. fuck is your malfunction? Yeah, just yeah. snapping in my face. And I was just like, <laughs> yes, Drill Sergeant. <laughs> yeah, right, you yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah. and so you go to your fucking, then you go, you, you know, your bay, whatever, this and that, blah, blah, blah. And then they start to like, uh, deal with you. You get smoked a whole bunch more. You you set up your racks, all that type of shit. Okay, sure. right. So this is kind of like blended with that. Okay, yeah. so he fucks with Private Joker, right? You know, punches him, all this and that. Okay, yeah. they wouldn't like straight up punch you in the two thousands. Okay? okay, again, I can't speak to Vietnam. I guarantee this happened during that time period. Okay, yeah, you yeah. get physical abuse because this was uh, Vietnam was in the seventies. Yeah, yeah, sixties, seventies. Right. Yeah. I guarantee they punch people for sure. Yeah. They found interesting ways to fucking physically get on us yeah, here. Okay. Yeah. Couple couple little things. All right. Yeah. They would never straight up punch you again, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. They would do things like we used to have things called brass and ammo check, okay? When you go to a range basically and you're doing firing drills and stuff like that, at the end of that, you would basically take off all your gear and shit like that, unblo- undo your your blouse and all that stuff, and then you would get all your shit out of your pockets and whatnot, right? And then you'd be in formation and then the drill sergeants would come through and you would say, "No brass, no ammo, drill sergeant" or whatever, right? Yeah. And then they would check you to make sure you're not taking any uh rounds back to the base and shit like that, right? Sure. And so if you were like a cool dude that they were, they would just be like, you know, they would pat you down or whatever, right? Dude, they'd beat the fuck out of you during this if you were like a piece of shit, right? Really? Like they would just fucking throw you around and shit like that, right? Like, <laughs> okay. Wow. All right. Uh, another thing they would do, like me, I was a slow runner at the time, okay, uh-huh. right? Yeah. And you would like, what they would do to keep motherfuckers running is a drill sergeant would get right behind you, like his feet right behind your feet as you're running basically yeah. and he'd be like if you slow down private you step on my fucking foot that's assault in the pri- uh, drill sergeant I would throw your ass into the ground and they would absolutely throw motherfuckers in the ground that way shit wow, like that yeah. um, you, they would find interesting ways to fuck you up yeah. if you weren't you know squared the fuck away but it's like you didn't get like they didn't beat the shit out of you and stuff like that really unless you were like like you try to fight a drill sergeant well, which shit. absolutely happened and you would get fucked up bad. Wait, wait. there was a guy who tried to like be tough as shit bro yeah. and it was like instantly three drill sergeants was on his ass and then he was on the fucking ground okay but no, like man. but Why like would you ever try to fight a drill sergeant because you think you're tough and shit man That's and ridiculous. even if you are tough you might be tough and yeah. you might be able to take a drill sergeant but you ain't taking three fucking drill sergeants for sure <laughs> yeah. man your ass is going to be on the fucking ground yeah and that absolutely yeah. happened with a dude not my platoon but in another platoon that was in my company sure, absolutely yeah. fucking happened and yeah. that dude was on the fucking ground I okay bet, yeah. and but they'll just fucking pt your ass until you're fucking exhausted yeah. basically until and, you're puking. all right exactly and then that that's kind of the way they deal with a lot of that type of bullshit okay so they find like i say they find interesting ways to, to abuse privates to get them to do what you're supposed to be fucking doing like you you pointed out we've talked about before Okay, yeah, then he jumps to Texas. <laughs> What's your excuse? Excuse for what, sir? I'm asking the fucking question. That is absolutely in a type of interaction. Yeah. They trap the fuck out of you like that. Like, they'll ask you a question, you know, and but it's a confusing question, so you might ask for clarity, and they'll fucking jump all over you for basically asking for clarity. Yeah. And they'll put two drill sergeants on you sometimes, and they'll be, like, contradicting things, and they'll be like, he'll be like, Diddy, are you trying to fucking say uh, drill sergeant Jackson is fucking lying right yeah. now? Wow. No, drill sergeant. Well, are there you trying to say fucking drill sergeant Ryan is lying right now? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, like just getting in your face, like and just to, to again, just to break you down, basically, and try yeah. to break it down to the littlest part so they can build exactly. you back up, just to, to put you at the bottom of a hierarchy. Yes, which is it, essentially what they're doing. Exactly, exactly that to mold you into what they want. 
Only steers and queers come from Texas. Obviously, you've heard that plenty. That's everywhere. Leonard Lawrence, baby. This is our fucking uh, Lin- yeah. Vincent D'Onofrio, Gomer Pyle. Goddamn, man, it cracks me up. I know, like, I was thinking to myself as I'm watching this. I'm yeah. like, fuck, Antonio is hating this shit right now. It's making me laugh hard, man. I could not, dude cannot stop smiling, bro. And But man. he was like, um, he had a, like mental health issues. Clearly, I think it's clear to see he had a learning disability. Yeah, yeah right, yeah. exactly. But they'll take a motherfucker with a learning disability and turn him into a soldier, man. Especially in Vietnam, I bet yeah, especially in Vietnam, bro. But like twice, yeah. but like, dude, I, I served with dumb people. Like, you know, I had dumb motherfuckers for sure around me, sure. you know, and shit like that. But like, like dumb or like learning disabled. I don't know if I had any. I don't think I had anybody that was learning sure. disabled around me. Like, like to that point. Yeah, but like. A fuck up like Gomer Pyle, like like close to that, yeah. Sure. But like, you you know, you'd probably notice that he had a fucking learning disability rather than you know trying. Like to- that guy, like off the bat, the character seemed like he was written with like a clear, like clearly he was mentally unstable from sure. the beginning. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I remember. Well, we'll get to it later. Yeah. All right. So then from there, they basically kind of sum it up. The only the only other difference too is like. If this was like a shark attack, basically, all the drill sergeants would be getting in on it. But this is kind of like an addressing. So it's kind of like blending like the things and whatnot together for a movie, which sure. is fine. You know, yeah. that's easily more filmable than six guys running through the bay, fucking, you know, shitting yeah. on every single dude and whatnot uh, over and over. So they're running in formation. They're at Paris Island. Now, this is a very book sort of like layout, right? Because you're getting a lot of joker's thoughts and whatnot you know he's obviously our our protagonist throughout the film you're getting his thoughts like it's a book basically that he's writing about they're running in formation they're at paris island little side note on that that means they're from the east coast because all east coast guys go to paris island again not a marine but i know this part all everybody that's like west of the mississippi goes to um san diego that's like they're they only have two training bases Army has a bunch of training bases. Your MOS depends on where you're going to go. The running in cadence, that's very, like, weird because that wouldn't happen that early, okay? Like, you have to earn cadence running and, and earn cadence stuff. So, like, you just run in silence, basically, and shit like that while you're doing oh, that. Sure. So Cadence but then, you mean when they were singing? Yeah, that's cadence, right. And that's done to, like, keep your breathing correct and keep you in step. Basically, they have to teach you how to be in step first, both marching and running, basically. Everything you do is as a unit, man. You run as a fucking unit. You march as a fucking unit, all that stuff when you're doing it like that like there's different parts of pt that are different where you're running on your own stuff like that but dude okay so this drill sergeant pretty fucking old looking in this but i'm gonna tell you something i had a drill sergeant that was 40 fucking one years old man okay that's older than i am right fucking now this dude and he was this black dude Square the fuck away, man. This dude was dressed to like everything was iron. All the dude, this guy was the fucking legit. He was taking bro. it seriously, and he kept up with like everybody. And he told us like towards the end that you know he's not. It doesn't matter how old he is, ain't no private gonna outdo him, you know, and shit like that. That's how he is, right? Because yeah, yeah. you lead by that's the whole thing. You lead by example. They're the fucking leaders and whatnot. So. Sure. Um, more marching, more rifle drills. Cover, dude. Gomer Pyle just can't get his shit together, bro. His cover is all fucked up. That cover, you know, his hat is all fucked up. He doesn't know his left from his right. You know, like just all fucked up shit. And they're just trying. This is just all training and stuff like that. There's a lot of different training parts. So they get to the the rifleman's creed. Everybody has a different creed. I had a, we have infantryman's creed. You learn it. You fucking repeat it all the fucking time. They drill it into you. Soldiers' creed. All that shit gets drilled into you. 
At this point, they, he's leaving the guy with the metal helmet. Did you notice that guy? He's like, turn it, hit the light, sweetheart, or whatever, yeah, right? He's yeah. got the fucking metal helmet on. Yeah. Funny backstory on that. Yeah. We had a guy lose his Kevlar, okay? Kevlar is your helmet and shit. Okay, okay. right? Yeah. The drill sergeant went to the fucking uh, defect, mess hall, you know, the, the chow hall. Yeah. Got him a metal pot. He had to wear a metal pot on his head for a week, dude. Wow. Shining as fuck. Just fucking. Because, you know, it, it, they do all kinds of shit like that. If you lost your, like, canteens and shit like that, yeah. you had to take around these five-gallon things of water and shit Jesus. like that, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's It teaches you quickly not to lose your shit, right? I mean, funny shit. So... I mean, they literally had Gomer Pyle running with his pants around his ankles, yeah. and his and his like thumb in his mouth. Yeah, he's he's because he keeps fucking up. Yeah, so. but like that's like okay, you take a mentally unstable individual, and then you continue to demoralize him right. in like the worst ways possible. Well, we'll yeah, we'll get to we'll get to that in a little while. Okay, so uh, early morning rifle drilling. Um, this is just way, basically when they're doing left shoulder arms, right shoulder arms, moving the, the rifle around, inspection arms, all those different positions in, of the rifle and whatnot. They're doing obstacle courses. They're doing pugil fighting. Dude, this is the point where they're in week like, they're probably week three, week four at this point. There's no fucking way Gomer Pyle would be this fucked up still at this point. Yeah, that's um, what I was uh, kind of thinking about too when I was at this point in the movie. I was thinking this is very... Um, like, he is showing no signs of improvement. And right. How long has this been? Yeah. It's only because of him that I didn't realize how long it had been. Right. Because he was literally the same guy. So, I think Marine training is, like, 14 weeks or so, or, or like, 12 weeks of basic tra- uh, boot camp. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, you can you figure from the day one till when they graduate is about 14 weeks or something sure, like that. Multiple sure. months, basically, of dealing with this shit. And he can't get squared the fuck away. Yeah. Um, there's no fucking way at this point the motherfucker couldn't do one pull-up. Like, that, he laugh out loud. Dude couldn't do one fucking pull-up. He can't get squared away. They're doing the road marches. They're doing all that type of shit. And now they're starting to, like, try to help pile. Like, the his, his um, yeah. you know, battle brothers and stuff like that are trying to help pile complete his tasks and shit like that, right? And they definitely, like, that's something that definitely happens. They look And they look for that, for, like, you know, leadership from the different privates and stuff. He demotes um, One, yeah. Private Snowball yeah. and promotes Private Joker. And because he's asking about the Virgin Mary. And it just got me thinking about, like, how, like, in the 60s and 70s and 80s, how, like, we were so, like, Christianity and, like, yeah. communism was, like, atheism. Well, and it was I mean, a war of... That's why we went to Vietnam. Right, right. Absolutely. Literally to fight communism. Yeah, man. And we made it all about we're the godly side and they're sure, the yeah. heathens and stuff. Which is kind of funny to me because I don't want to get too much into it. But that was very much a lot of the same shit that the Nazis pushed and shit, man. Well, they had on their belts, if God is with us, who can be against us? And stuff like that. And, like, how that's been abused like, from the Crusades and, like, all, you know, like... Just all the fucking time. I mean, like you grab at somebody's ideology and you yeah. grab at what makes them the who they are. Absolutely, man. You're absolutely right. It just it, it made me laugh thinking about that because I remember like watching a movie. We'll have to do down the line because it's one of my favorite war movies of all time called Stalingrad, and it's all about following these German soldiers. And it's it's I mean, look at look at just what's happening right now. Yeah, uh, our political parties currently yeah. are both parties of ideologies. Yeah, they grab at who you are in your core, sure, and they tell you that's what you're fighting for. Yeah, and then they do whatever the fuck they want. Right, <laughs> right, yeah. absolutely. Because the guys 
at the top don't believe any of this bullshit. They're, <laughs> no, dude, they're, they're all too, about that money. They're enjoying their lives too much to care about anything for real. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so the Virgin Mary scene is really funny to me because he's like, you know, like, are you telling me you don't? And, he, and he's like, if. Uh, yeah, he's like, whatever I say, you're going to fuck. Exactly. Me fuck out. me up. Yeah. Co- completely reminded me of a situation that happened to me. Yeah. Okay. My first sergeant could not pronounce my last name. Uh-huh. Okay. So he started calling me Tigger. Okay. Tigger. <laughs> yeah. Tigger. All right. And so like from that, I became Tigger. Everybody, the motherfuckers call me Tigger all the fucking time. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Right. And one time a drill sergeant was, was doing mail call and he was like, he called my last name. Okay. Uh, I got up to go get my mail or whatever. He, he's like, I thought your name was Tigger. And I was like, drill sergeant, it's whatever you want it to be. Yeah. You're a smart private motherfucker. <laughs> Gave me my mail. Yeah. I, I'm, whatever the fuck you want it to be, yeah, yeah. that's my name. Sure. Right? Yeah. Like, I don't Because, give a, like, to right. be honest, <clears throat> I'm not trying to get chewed out about my Right. You know, like, I don't give a fuck about it. <laughs> at this it. point, yeah, it was like week eight or something like this at this point. Yeah. I'm just like, yep, I'm whatever the yeah. fuck you want me to be. <laughs> yeah, for I've sure. been, you know, three, four, two. I've been fucking whatever, man. It's It's cool with me. I can be that. At this point, uh, when Joker is the platoon guide, um, he has assigned to take care of Pyle. And Pyle actually starts getting his shit together with the help of Joker. Um, he starts running at the front of formation. That's such a realistic thing, too, man. Like, I was just thinking to myself while I was watching that, how, like, because I was slow at running. So, like, you would run at the front. They'd have you at the, like, towards the front of formation, or you'd be what's called a road guard. It's like a position, basically, you would have in the platoon that, like... <laughs> You know, you're on base, which so like there's not people like just driving around. Like, like You would have road guard that would basically run to the center of the road. You'd stand there with your hand, you know, until the fucking formation ran past and then run all the way back to, over and over and over. You're running. So like you're running way more than anybody else. Sure, yeah. So if you were like slow or out of shape at all, you'd be a road guard. I yeah. was definitely a road guard multiple sure. fucking times. Is what it is, <laughs> and your stupid fucking vest and shit like that. It's really funny. Okay, so then Pyle is actually starting to get squared the fuck away, and then he fucks up again, and he does not lock his foot locker. <sighs> so that is some realistic type shit right there, too. Like, because basically you would have like a situation where they would like check different things and whatnot, go through the bay, check you. Now we had like a a wall locker basically. Okay. And we would have like base, you'd have the bunks just like that or whatever. And you have a wall locker that would be you and your battle brother basically next to each other. And you would have a lock for that fucker thing. It better be fucking locked every time because if it is not locked, you'll be out doing some shit or something like that. Come back to the bay and all the shit would be all over the fucking ground and whatnot. And it'd be, you'd obviously not have a fucking jelly donut in your shit, but like, You'd be spending some time cleaning all that, and everything is supposed to kind of go in certain spots and shit. Of course, you know, it's the military, right, man? So he has a jelly donut. Of course, he fucks up with that. And this is such a realistic thing here because basically, in the beginning, they'll fuck you up like as a unit for anybody's mistakes. And then as you get further and further down the line, they would point out a person directly. And then you, that it would, it would basically go from, you know, platoon, squad, individual okay right because you you basically you know if you have like 40 dudes in, in your bay or whatever the fuck it is right you'd break down into squads from that's so like 10 10 man and that or whatnot and so you got broke down more and more individually and then people you would start to either you would get squared the fuck away or people would help you square the fuck away right like you're gonna get your shit together one way or the fucking other because people eventually are gonna get sick of getting in trouble because of the things you're supposed to be doing and whatnot. And the other thing is like you personally would want to 
get your shit together because yeah. it's your brothers getting fucked up for the thing. Like this scene is a perfect example of like if you were there and you had 52 members in your bay and 50, you know, 51 of them are now doing push-ups because you fucked up again, you would feel like, God damn, I need to get my shit together, right? Like, Yeah, I don't want to catch that ire. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, and it's not even the, like the beat down. It's just like the disappointing of your, Yeah, you know, well, that's what I mean by the ire. Right. Like, obviously, once they beat the shit out of him. Well, here's the thing, right? I wouldn't want to catch that either. I want to point this out. He fucks up there, and then it's still, they still are kind of like past it, okay? Then, now, you don't know this probably, but I know he's fucked up again because they're out doing exercises, right? And he's just sitting. And he's sitting there. That means he fucked up again, and they're getting smoked again doing up-downs because of something he did. And that's why he has to sit there and watch them do the up-down. So, and at this point, that's when, you know, they beat the fuck out of him, man. Now, I don't think this like this would happen anymore okay i'm certain it probably happened in but there is absolutely you would get you know maybe tossed from your bed or some shit like that you know like you wouldn't get the fucking shit beat out of you like that but you'd get tossed out of your bed in the middle of the night or something like that like they would do something like that i don't know i never because they whooped his fucking ass yeah i never fucked up to that point like where where it was like that bad i definitely fucked up and definitely did some stupid shit and whatnot but, you, well, you know me, man. I'm a pretty charismatic dude and shit, right? Yeah. So, like, people, you know, my, even when I did fuck up, yeah, okay, man, take, you know, get square the fuck away or whatever, right? Yeah, you know? Yeah. And, like, you know, so, um, uh, Pyle starts to go down a hole at this point because even yeah. Joker kind of takes it out on him. And that was like, he starts to get really into the shooting. He gets into like everything at this point yeah. because there's this, because like, they're talking about like, uh, different pe- you know, different things throughout time. Uh, JFK being assassinated, shit like that, and yeah. he's just got a look on his face, like, yeah, yeah. all right, and he doesn't, he doesn't fuck up anymore after this. So, like, I think in the mind of the drill sergeant, he's like, I finally broke this fucking guy. He's now squared the fuck away. He's found something that he's good at because he's good at shooting. He yeah. can obviously shoot, and he gets squared the fuck away. He knows all of his fucking yeah. orders. The one thing that was weird to me is they're on the shooting ranges without like Kevlar's on, helmets on, or anything like that. Yeah. That's very, very odd. Like we, you would absolutely have a Kevlar on. Sure. Like you didn't go. Like again, I don't know Marines, but I'm. I can't imagine it's got to be that different. Like you didn't go anywhere without your fucking Kevlar's on for the most part and shit. Just because like you were, you're. They're training you to remember to wear your helmet all the fucking time because it's not like a helmet is really gonna like save you if you get shot in the fucking head. But you know what it is gonna help you from is if you're like riding. In a jeep or some shit like that, and you fall over, you don't fucking crack your head open and die from that, right? Yeah, you know, stuff yeah. like that. So you don't have accidental injuries because you fell over sure. or whatever the fuck, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. And dude, Pyle, Pyle is a badass motherfucker at this point. I mean, the dude is on point. Everything he's done is, is squared away, and we get to graduation day, and everybody graduates. You know, this is something I've always been kind of envious of, I'll be honest. Like, the Marines, like, Dude, because there's less Marines, too, it's like a fucking brotherhood, bro. Plenty of us, plenty of people served in the Army and shit like that. And, you know, like, me and Ben might joke around about things about the, in the Army or, like, you know, even me and uh, um, uh, Robert and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. You know, like, different people. Uh, a friend of mine, Sean, also will talk some shit about it or whatever. Yeah. But it's it's definitely not the same. Like, the Marines have, like, a brotherhood that's totally different than any other branch. Like... I know because I know Marines and dude, they're just like there for the Marines, like, you know, boom, like, like the shit all the time. And there's definitely a little bit of that with the infantry. But other than that, like, it's, it's just not the same. It's something I, I just thought of while I was watching them graduate and whatnot, too. Mm-hmm. Um, 
everybody gets their MOS, which is really weird. That I don't know. Like, I'm guessing that must have been how it was back in the day. You got your MOS after you were done fucking graduating or whatnot. But nowadays, as you enlist, you have a contract that gives you your MOS, and more than likely, you're going to have that MOS at the end. Really? Some people might join Needs of the Army or some shit like that, but it's pretty much like you're going to be... Again, I don't know how the Marines are, but like... In the army, it's like if you went for legal administration, you're going to be legal administration or like, you know, combat medic or uh, combat engineer or truck driver, 88 Mike, whatever the fuck it is. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Final night on the fucking island, man. They are ready to rock and roll. They're getting ready. I'm guessing at this point, and they kind of skip over it. After this day, they're going to go home for a while and then go to their unit from there because that's kind of what you did. You'd have like a little break. You got to go home or whatnot, and then you'd basically go to your unit from there um and this is when Pyle breaks the fuck down man and he is gone as shit uh you know fucking firewatch i want to point that out too because joker gets firewatch okay so firewatch really was like you would go in like like on a schedule and you would do a certain number of hours of firewatch usually it was like an hour okay and And like what is firewatch nothing Bro, like, it's fucking, first of all, you're in a concrete building with nothing that can start fire at all. And then you still have this firewatch duty where, like, but but you're also, like, you know, these are what your general orders, like, kind of, like, pile into and stuff like that. There's, like, a a watch commander and all this and that. And, like, any violations of your your order, you're there, you know, making sure everything is squared the fuck away, basically. Mm -hmm. People are in their bunks. Um you know, there's no intruders, things of that nature, um, and anything that's wrong, you know, you're going to report to your commanding, co- your commanding officer, um, and from there, right? So, like, that's kind of like the idea of that. But what it's really kind of getting ready, get you ready for, is there's no way there's going to be a fire in the actual bay of a fucking thing. But it's training you for like d- watch duties once you're out, you know, with your units and stuff like that, and you're deployed and all that type of shit. You know what I mean? So, Joker, Joker sees. Private Pile. Private Pile has completely lost it. Uh, In the bathroom, loading. Yeah, loading rounds. Seven, six, two, full metal jacket. Two points for the name used in the movie. You know how I always love that. And Gunnery Sergeant Hartman shows up. He reports. That's what you do. You would report, you know, like that. And um, I'm just saying, I don't know. I'm not approaching a dude with a loaded rifle in a very aggressive manner yeah. and berating his ass. Yeah, I mean, he must have just thought that he was, like, not going to, you know. Of course yeah. that's what he would think, right? Because yeah. if he was worried that he was going to get shot, he wouldn't have fucking pulled that shit, right? And yeah. he smokes the fuck out of Hartman. And then he's, like, aiming it at Joker. And Joker's very calm about it, though, and shit. The exact opposite of what Hartman was just doing. Yeah. And uh, he smokes himself, basically. Yeah. And that's a very distinct cut at that end of that portion of the film yeah that was a tough scene to watch for sure go ahead so what do you think of the movie so far i want to i kind of want to approach this a little bit differently than we have before what do you think of the movie at this point at this i didn't so i think that this movie has had a sequel okay i think that the sequel to this movie is called jarhead sure you've seen jarhead of course i've seen jarhead it i've seen jarhead a lot of times it's a movie i like yeah it's a good movie and this movie is that movie now, the other movie talks a little bit more about what it's like when nothing happens. In this movie, something happens, right? They get into the shit a lot. Mm-hmm. Like once they're yeah, because uh, Jarhead is Desert Storm. Yeah, and in, in, in Jarhead, it's just a lot of like them wishing something would happen. Yeah, 
and just kind of like being trained for nothing. Yeah. But um, this entire intro scene uh, where they're like in boot camp. Intro reminded, half, yeah. Yeah, reminded me of Jarhead. Sure. Because that's the beginning of very Jarhead too. Very truncated, like very smaller part of Jarhead. Sure, yeah. But, uh, but it's again... Because they only have like a, it's only like the first fifteen minutes or so that's actually basic training in that movie. Yeah, and maybe. But but it starts the same way. Yeah, like they're shaving yeah, his head. Yeah, they yeah. you know they haze him and shit. Yeah, and I just there is no fucking marine. Yeah, band. yeah. I've, I yeah, fucking love exactly, that scene. Yeah. I I uh, can't say I wasn't uncomfortable the whole time. You know, it's funny because you say you were watching this and you were laughing at some of these scenes. I didn't laugh a single time. Of course this not. Horrific to me. Yeah. Like, like I was watching a nightmare. Right. You know, like and I think uh, the only way you would laugh is if you've been through shit like this. Yeah. Right. Like you, the only way you when could you like find humor it. in this is the humor of I've done shit yeah. like this and I've and I've and I've dealt with it. Sure. So the relatability. Of course. Different. You of lived course. through it, and so you're just like, dude, that guy's getting his. Yeah. But when I, dude, I, I was overweight. When I want to point this out, when I went in, I was overweight. Like. I was like, but overweight meaning like two hundred thirty yeah, pounds yeah, or whatever, yeah. right? Like so not like obese, but you right. Were, I was you overweight were, in comparison yet. to the military. I just made weight by like two pounds or something like that. Okay, Jeez, right? Yeah. Ship rate weight. You know, I couldn't do. This was a few years removed from like fucking high school and everything like that. And I had done nothing after high school. I played, I played football and sports and stuff like that through my graduation, which I graduated at seventeen years old. Okay, and then. I pretty much did nothing until I was 21, you know, like nothing physical at least, right? Like fucked around and stuff like that. But like, you know, I may be playing a one-off football game or some shit, but I never did anything like regularly physical, okay? So like I couldn't, there's no way I could run two miles in like anywhere near PT score fucking time. Um, I could do like half the needed push. Push-ups was the only thing I could probably do pretty well. And like sit-ups I was okay at, okay? But running I was atrocious at, bro. And like... You know my personality and shit like that. Like, I definitely was similar when I was in the Army and shit. So, sure, like, yeah. I was kind of an asshole. And, like, I got fucked up for sure. I got yeah. targeted by uh, Drill Sergeant Thurman on a regular basis and shit like that, right? Okay? Like, dude used to make fun of me and pick me out all the fucking time and stuff like that. So, like, I definitely wasn't Gomer Pyle. I was never, like, that far gone. Yeah. But I could even feel, like, some of that because I was definitely picked out regularly. I was definitely, like on duty extra duties and stuff like that that other people didn't get because you know i wasn't squared the fuck away and i was kind of still rebellious in some ways and shit like that and like definitely like i would say like i was a mix of joker and pile kind of together and shit because like i would you know talk out and stuff like that sometimes and and kind of like talk shit didn't i i I never told you about my gas chamber uh scenario well maybe we'll bring that up at the end of the end of the episode i don't want to get into that so there was definitely like it was definitely a situation where like you're right. It is nightmarish if you've when never I'm, like yeah, been through I, this. I have never been in a situation where this is even slightly the case. Right. And so watching this happen and watching this guy get broken down and watching everybody kind of, you know, be be like um, really put down in order to be built back up as something different. Yeah. And uh, and watching it happen in such a demoralizing way. Yeah. And then at the end, dude. Uh, you know, like kills the sergeant and yeah. kills himself. You know, this was not even halfway through the movie yet. Yeah, and I was thinking, Jesus Christ! You yeah, know, like, what? Like this is setting the mood. It's and so, it, and it was, and I was, I was deeply uncomfortable. I was right. deeply uncomfortable at the idea that that uh, this was happening, that it happens. Maybe not at this stage anymore, but we still make soldiers. Of course, that's still a thing we do. Differently than than this, very even different from when I was in. Uh, sure. Fuck. But soldiers Almost 20 are still years being ago now? made. Oh, 
fucking you know? god. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Warriors are still being yeah, made. Yeah, absolutely. That, that still happens. And so, like, I just, I don't know. I, be, I became very contemplative watching this movie. I started really kind of uh, putting everything into context. You know, like, all of... What I know about Vietnam, I even yeah. reached out to a couple of people just to be like, hey, what what is Vietnam? Like, mm-hmm. why Vietnam? You know, like, what, what were we doing here? And just having that perspective while I watched this happen made it a very grim experience. And so at this point where it kind of peaked, mm-hmm. you know, where he killed himself, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this is this is rough. This is rough to watch. Um uh, you it know, almost, it almost too. hurt. So, like, it almost hurt watching this. The guy fir- when you first like get there, the first few days too, they have like just like you have in any job, they kind of have like an orientation, uh-huh. right? Yeah, and, and like, just like this is going to be this really bad. <laughs> uh, no, but careful. they're like they they bring up uh, private pile and shit like that, right? Like, and they're like, if you see somebody that's having problems. Go talk to your, your drill sergeant and shit like that. Make them aware. Because they would never, there's no way even in my day, yeah. they would let someone like Pyle continue. Yeah. Like you would be, you would be, what would happen is they would restart you basically after he fucked up countless times. And then you would probably do it again. And then they would just discharge you at that point. Because you're not, you're not military material. Clearly Gomer Pyle was not military m- material. So he would have been sent home, yeah. um, you know. And just do something else with his fucking life at that point. So, all right. But I want to get into the next part of this movie. So we're now we're going to Vietnam. Okay. First scene is private uh, Joker with a new guy that we haven't seen before. Uh, Hooker clearly comes. It's been some time. Yeah, it's clearly been some time. They're in the in country now. Long hair, everything else. Hooker comes up to him. Me so horny. Me yeah. love you long time. I had no idea that this is what this this came from. Of course. So you've heard the song before, of course, right? No, no. Oh, you never heard oh, Me So Horny by uh, Two Life Crew? No. Oh, shit. It's a, like a hit from like the early 90s. Of course you haven't heard it. It was like one of the most controversial hits because it was all about fucking and shit. And they sampled this because like the chorus is like, oh, me so horny. Oh, 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 oh me so. They, yeah. you know, they mix it. So, okay, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I didn't know that this is what I mean, because I've heard that. Sure. A lot. That's yeah. A, that's a, I mean, a pretty horrific thing. Bad slurry fucking shit to say, but me so horny. Yeah, yeah. Cause why? What, what do you mean? Why? I don't. Know, what do you mean? Well, because me so horny is like super racist to say. Oh well, yeah, but I mean like, and like it's a really racist. In the context, you're, you're it's not racist because it's like I I, I understand what you're saying. It because it, you're you're for me to say me so horny is like mocking a Vietnamese person yeah. trying to say this. But like in the in the scenario, it's a Vietnamese person trying yeah. to speak English. When that so, was right. happening, I was just like, okay, pro- prostitution was probably a super real thing. I know? mean, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, of course. And so, like, I wasn't just like, wow, Kubrick was super racist. Right. I, mean, that, I didn't think that. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah, not yeah, what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, what, like that. I didn't know that this is where this came from. Okay, sure. I'm saying, yeah, but it seemed accurate. You know, like, yeah. Uh, I didn't for a second think that there wasn't prostitutes. Half of these whores out here are serving VC officers. The other half have TV. Make sure you only fuck the ones that cough. <laughs> I, yeah, okay. I know, like, I, I know, like you point out, you were not laughing in this movie. No. It made me laugh out loud, he, him saying that shit. Like, just, uh, we'll get to all of what, like, all of this, but okay. So. Uh, we get we kind of jump over to the fire base at this point. Um, yeah. Joker, Joker's boy, uh, Rafterman, he wants to get into the what shit. What was because, his name? 
Raftaman. Raftaman? That's his nickname. Everybody oh, has nicknames yeah, in the Yeah, but I thought it like was Like my nickname Raptor always man. was Tigger after after that. Okay. Yeah. So like I thought it I thought it was Raptor Man. No, Rafta. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he wants to get in the shit. Like he wants to fight. Because he's a Marine, man. So yeah. like, you know, he's been trained to fight and kill and stuff like that. So he 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 doesn't realize, you know, the dangers of actual war. Like, you know, he's 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 in the shit. Whereas Joker is much more like, dude, you don't get you don't come back after you get shot, right? You know, like he's very much more realistic with that. Um they they both work for Stars and Stripes, the paper that's kind of like, you know, spread while in Vietnam and kind of like reports on this is kinda, you know, like you don't have like fucking phones with internet, no, so yeah. you can't look at you so you'd read like these papers do, and stuff do like that. Do soldiers these days get to take their phone out into the Different country? No, I mean I don't think so. No, yeah. man, I, I, I highly Just I can't speak of these days, yeah. bro. Because even, I, well, back, no, back like definitely going, not. Like, like, like definitely not. Like you, you, you're not. You're not doing that type of shit. Okay, sure, yeah. so you don't get to just chill on your phone. At no, no, bro. No. It's, it's just, you're in you're in war. You're not fucking sure. you know at uh, chilling at the house, man. Yeah, playing yeah. Call of Duty, bro. And so um, they go back to the paper and and Joker, man. That guy is. Always an asshole, dude. He's always like slick talking. He's talk. He's slick talking to his he co. Like he always feels above what's happening. Of course, yes, absolutely that. And his co is trying to kind of be serious and shit like that. And he's. I'm just, surprised that a person like this wouldn't get washed out. He no, because he's still like, he's still a soldier. Like he's still doing his duties and shit like that. He's just got a slick mouth to him. So like, yeah, okay. dude, we had slick mouth motherfuckers too and shit like that. And they, yeah. you know, you'd, you'd be get doing extra, you'd be doing extra push-ups and shit sure, like yeah. that, right? If you you're know? charismatic enough, you probably get. Yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously, Joker's a very charismatic character sure, in here and shit. Yeah, yeah. So, but no, because it. it Gets him fucked up yeah. because he gets sent to the front because yeah. he wants to keep being a slick mouth motherfucker. Yeah. And, you know, Raft the Man goes with him to the front. He pays the price for that. Um, door Gunner, man. They get, they, they're get they flying out to the front. I was like, this is the scene where I was like, fuck, this has got to be so rough for Antonio. <laughs> the funny behind the scenes, this is like one of the most. Okay, so here's another like. I understand this guy's humor, and it made me laugh. Okay, because of course, who's humor? The door gunner. Uh, you understood his, his yeah. humor. Okay. Because and he's like, you know, he's just yelling and gets some, you know, shooting at motherfuckers running around and stuff like that. And he's but like, it was just like peasants. Any well, because he says farmers. Any uh, anyone who runs, yeah, is VC. Yeah. Anyone who doesn't run is well disciplined VC, right? Yeah. And um, you know the fucked up part is like that's. Kind of tr- a lot of motherfuckers. Like you got to remember, they're like deep into the shit. They're like in the tail end of the Vietnam War at this point. Yeah, I want to yeah. point that out because there's some and also deeply disturbed people. Well, here's the thing, bro. Like, maybe, how do you maybe think they you didn't would go into a deeply disturbed? Of course, but by this well, point, we're they are to, deeply disturbed people. The, part, the all this is part of the movie, man. Yeah, and yeah. like, okay, here's but what thing. I'm saying is, I get that. That's how I saw them. The okay. movie was portraying them as deeply disturbed so, people, and I was going, yeah, this is some deeply disturbed Here's shit. the thing. He kind of, like, makes jokes, and he's like, I'm that damn good. Like, that's why, you know, like, yeah. he's like, I got 147 kills, isn't that, blah, blah, blah. Any yeah. women or children? Yeah, of course. Yeah. And he's like, how do you shoot women or children? Yeah. Easy. You just don't lead them as much, right? Like, yeah. of course I laughed, right? Like, okay, here's the thing. One of the most deadly jobs in Vietnam, by far, was a door gunner on a helicopter. Yeah. Okay, so I look at it like this dude is fucking dead. Like oh, this guy is yeah, is, yeah. is he's already like I'm gonna die here. Yeah, like yeah, it is what it is. So like you you I think you become grim at that point, and your jokes and your like humor and stuff like that becomes very grim at that point. 
that I, think, stuff- I think the idea here is that you lose your uh, what they're trying to do is they're trying to break away your humanity so you become a weapon. Well, yeah, of course. And then so no, no, no. What I'm saying is that's that's what they say. Yeah. But then they succeed. Mm-hmm. And then when you're a weapon, there's very little humanity left in you. Well, I mean, like you also and, like, learn. I say to this, de- and I, there's I so much trepidation I, I, to everything that I'm saying today because I've never been a soldier. Of course, I've never been to war. Of course, I don't know this as a firsthand context, and, you, and so I don't. I don't want to in any way say a thing that is disrespectful for people who are legitimately going out there to try and right. do something. I don't think country. anybody, I think like, okay. But but watching something this mm-hmm. grim and, and reacting to it as like, uh, you know, as a metaphor or even just as a, this is, uh, as a commentary. Sure. To something that was going on in Vietnam and continues to in some ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is really powerfully disturbing mm-hmm. to a person who's never been in yeah, a situation yeah. like that to watch that happen. Yeah. Because that was an uncomfortable situation, watching that happen. Yeah. And the, and the idea that that's likely what was happening <laughs> was deeply disturbing. I, not only do they, like, because this even was in when, when I was in, okay? Like, and this is much more politically correct time. Like, 2002 was a more politically correct time than the 1960s, right? Yeah. I mean, we can both Clearly. agree. We absolutely use derogatory as shit terms to describe Muslims and things of that nature, okay? Mm-hmm. Because, like, just like during World War II, they used it, again, about Japanese and mm-hmm. Germans and Italians um, and in, you know, other... Because what is, is you're going to a war to kill somebody who most people have a hard time killing people. Like that's not a regular thing to kill a person, right? Like most people don't want to kill somebody. Even I don't care how like gun ho they are before, like when they're in basic training or ah, I fucking can't wait to shoot some motherfucking hajis and this and that. Right. That's not how it is. Once you're actually like in the shit, right? Like you're not like, unless you're a fucked up person in the first place. Right. And most of the time to be incredibly fucked up to want to murder. Yes, and most of the time, the military doesn't want a person like that, okay? They don't want a person who just is, is there to murder, okay? That's yeah. not what they're looking for. They're not looking for psychopaths and shit like that. Like, um, And so most people are have to be programmed to be able to shoot another human being. Dehumanizing those people is one of the tactics, obviously, that you need to use. Because, like, even in – I remember reading something about World War II – they didn't do it as much, okay, right? And there was a lot of problems with people killing each other. Like, why do you think, like, the SS and or, like, the Russians were so efficient at, like, killing each other and shit like that? Because, like, all they did was dehumanize the other. That was the whole fucking thing is, like, I'm superior. That person's not even worth living. So it's, well, why would you think twice about killing someone? And then the Soviets, in retaliation for what the Germans did, just were fucking willing to murder whoever the fuck they came across, right? But I also want to point out, it's not like we have a tendency in America to whitewash some of the things we've done through history. And like World War II is often looked at as like some heroic war where we did heroic things. Which don't get me wrong. I don't want to like act like the liberation of Europe was not a heroic thing to do. Like it absolutely was, but to act like America didn't commit atrocities on the way and shit like that, or like murder, shoot people that probably didn't need to be shot and stuff. Like that, absolutely happened. Like, okay? yeah, like, I or like, like prisoners that have given up when, when people refer to the horrors of war. Yeah. This is a part of that. Of course, it's not just the, the shooting of your enemies, but it's no. the, like the horror. Yes. The whole, absolutely. I mean, that's why war. PTSD is such a real thing, bro. Sure. And like, 
you know, we 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 have a tendency to to whitewash, you know, like Korea and so, like who the fuck even knows about the Korean War? Like if if you're not a person who actually gives Growing a fuck about up, history, I thought it was the, the war in Vietnam. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was the same shit. Of course, and it's a completely different yeah, war, you know, separated by quite a few years, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Even so, like I mean, decade. World uh, Korean War was almost an extension of World War Two. I sure. mean. And it was the closest we got to World War Three, actually, as well. So to date, so no, I totally, I totally feel where you're coming from with this. He catches up with the infantry division. He learns about uh, VC killing some civilians and things of that nature. And so he goes, to the, he finds out where the village is, and he goes to the village so he can report on that in the Stars and Stripe thing. This is one of those things where you know, if they can investigate this, they. This is something you want to print about because it's kind of, kind of like reboost your like soldiers, like morale and stuff like that. Like these people are killing innocent civilians and whatnot. Yeah. Obviously, he's got he kind of gets his ass busted by the colonel at this point because the colonel notices that he's got a born to kill helmet and a peace symbol, uh, like yeah, um, button on his. Yeah. And he's kind of like, what's going on with that or whatever? And he's like, you know, to me, it represents the duality of man and and this and that. And he kind of gets into and he kind of even tries to get a little slick with the colonel. And the colonel kind of shuts that shit down right there. He's just like, he can kind of tell he's kind of a smart ass or whatever, you know, and he kind of shuts that shit down. So yeah. to say something ridiculously racist to that, again, made me laugh just because it's like, I understand this shit. Like in, inside every goop, there's an American trying to get out. Yeah, like yeah. that's, <laughs> that's an interesting way to like, look at that type, the situation or yeah. the war in Vietnam. Right. Sure. Like, I get what he's trying to say, but yeah. It, it was, yeah, I mean, again, uh, you're at the very least motivating people through ideology. Right. Uh, even for whatever the actual purpose of the war is, you're motivating people through ideology. Yeah, you're trying to say that the South um, South Vietnamese are just like us. Yeah, for sure. And Yeah, I mean, and, and whatever it is, when he's saying that, the appeal is to uh, the ideology of the war. You know, yeah. like you're here to liberate, you know. Yeah, like, and, and it, the funny thing is, like, we kind of see that, like, as a protagonist, as Joker kind is kind of sees through a lot of this bullshit. Like, mm. this war is almost kind of pointless and shit. Like, you know, we did we did miss something earlier. I'm sorry that I wanted to wanted to back up to. I apologize for missing this. Mm-hmm. Um, the Tet Offensive. Do you, do you know about that historically? No. Okay, so like the there was like a, a, a kind of like a ceasefire or a truce like around a holiday, basically. Okay, and there had been a, a, a kind of a truce for a little while at this point, and there was rumors and stuff that the v that the VSC and the North Vietnamese regulars were planning an offensive on this holiday. Okay. And it was kind of blown off by Americans and shit. Like they'd never fight during this time and whatnot. And of course, what do you think happened? Mm -hmm. They fucking sprung a fight at that point. And they had been using secret trails and shit like that to like get themselves into position where they were able to attack all these spots at the same time and kind of ambush Americans and you know our our force and South South uh, Vietnamese forces, and we deal with that for a moment because we see like that's that scene where at night where they break through the barricade and then Joker and his whole crew have to like smoke the guys coming running through, but then they kind of reveal that there's only only this place had it this easy. Every other place they're like completely being overrun. So to put this in perspective, are you familiar with the Battle of the Bulge at all? No. Okay, that's like the winter war that ended World War Two. It was Hitler's last attempt to break through the Western lines and like overtake American and British forces. It almost worked, but it failed. 
in like comparison, this that would be what this is, except for it actually worked historically speaking. The the Ted offensive and what we're gonna see at the rest of this movie is kind of what broke the backs of Americans and kind of got us out of the war and mm-hmm. led to where we ultimately went to. So at this point, Joker finds out where Cowboy is, catches up with Cowboy and that whole uh, that squad. Um, we meet, we get to catch up with Alec Baldwin, of course. I'm sure you know him from Firefly Flame. Mm-hmm. He's a uh, animal mother. Yeah. Uh, and the whole crew there. And, you know, um, there's a there's a scene where, like, Animal Mother and the black guy are talking shit to each other, and he calls him a jungle bunny and this and that, blah, blah, blah. And, like, that's such a, like, real thing right there. Like, mm-hmm. like I just, like, kind of, like, thought, like, that's, like, a, a thing where you, when you have the brotherhood, right, and there is no racism or anything like that, and then, yeah. you know, you'll talk shit or whatever, watermelon. But when you're talking shit, use some racism. Right, right, because yeah. it's not really, like, it's it's something that like, yeah. Only we can say like. Listen, man, it, I've had friends. Yeah. Okay. You know, so like you the, know, between friends, right. You say some heinous shit to each yeah, other because it's yeah. your friend. You yep. Know? So then they're gonna go into uh, an offense. Um, a cowboy squad is going on the offense, and they're going into a city at this point with some tank support. And this is something I wanted to like point out about Vietnam. Like we got in an argument one time about this, not me and you, but in our private chat because somebody who kind of wanted to be a know-it-all tried to talk shit. Most of the Vietnam War was actually fought in cities and things of that nature. Um, this idea that like they had all these like skirmishes in the jungle and shit like that, complete bullshit. Like there was that absolutely, but most of the actual real fighting was done in cities and things of that nature because that's what you fought over like you didn't you don't fight over some random jungle like no war is fought over just random shit it's fought over like places of importance exactly strategic points that are hit and fought over the reason why like a lot of movies like platoon and things of that nature deal so much with the bush and stuff is because it was kind of unique you know like these skirmishes were kind of unique so that's what they kind of focus on on movies and stuff but most of the fighting was actually done in cities saigon places that were actually important to them so they get ambushed at this point. Uh, the lieutenant gets killed. So then Raftaman, we it kind of pans over to him. He had been like asking to get in the shit for a while, and this dude is like shaking like a motherfucker trying to take pictures. And it's like, just kind of like, like here's here's your shit, bro. You wanted the shit. Now you're in the shit, and you know he's not very nervous about it, obviously, and that makes sense. Um, they want to like take. Into, they were trying to get into the city, and they start doing like some squad maneuver tactics. Pretty solid, pretty solid for the time, for sure. Like yeah. the cover, and, cover and run. So cover. like Kubrick did a good job in of recreating co- this situation. I thought to myself, this is pretty solid, and more solid than most of the movies of this time. And I thought to myself, of course it is, because it's fucking Kubrick. So there's no way he didn't study the fuck out of this yeah. to learn how Marines covered as they moved and whatnot. So firefight in the building, and of course. They're they're very amped up. They're very much dealing with it, and then they have to deal with the two dead marines, of course, afterwards. And they kind of get like get like a point of view shot of each marine, kind of saying something about you know the the guys that are um, dead. The interviewers come in and they're talking to the different marines and whatnot, and and you know um, they're kind of uh, waffling back and forth. Some of them are like, you know, I don't even know why we're here. These guys would rather like some of these guys, they don't even want us to be here. Like they'd rather be alive than free or whatever, you know, and they'd rather be under Vietnamese or North Vietnamese control. And other ones are like, you know, I'm glad to be here or whatnot. You know, this is where I'm supposed to be. You know, we're fighting for freedom and and whatnot. So you kind of get a little bit of a picture of like each different Marine and kind of how they feel about it. 
bring in the hookers. And the next scene, <laughs> a hooker comes in. Soul Brother is too big for the hooker. But, you know, he shows the dick and it's they're good to go. Um, they kind of wrap that up and then they go right back into the shit again. They get a little bit of restaurant recovery and they're right back in the shit. Uh, squad leader gets shot. Cowboy is now the squad leader at this point. He's- when the hooker came in, though, they just let her in. Yeah. Everybody let her in? Because that was, I assume that that was like a military controlled area. It, it was. She wasn't, she didn't come in by herself. No, she, she came in with a South Vietnamese yeah, with officer. Yeah, on a bike. Oh, yeah. oh with a, an officer. Yeah, no, he was a member of the South Vietnamese military bringing in a hooker to service gotcha, yeah. the American soldiers there. And so they let her in, like the army let her in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like, yeah, 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 that's fine. Yeah, well, I mean, you know. Yeah. Well, they're about to die, so go ahead and yeah, do whatever go, the fuck go, you want. Go, go fuck, right. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting, that's for sure. So Cowboy's leading the uh, unit now. So they're sent to check out. What they've been told is that the forces, the North Vietnamese forces in this area have pulled out of the zone, and they've kind of retreated to another another area. Um, so they're going in to check out this to, to make sure, because that's the reports. And um, Cowboy kind of gets lost, and they kind of, like, start to double back. They go into an area. They're, like, at a city area. Eight Ball is going to go check out things. Eight Ball gets hit at this point. They're kind of arguing over what they should do because Eight Ball has been hit a couple times. And Cowboy pretty quickly realizes that they're trying to get baited into, like, this ambush kind of thing. Yes, exactly. Cowboy knows that... Eight ball had been shot, but he wasn't killed. So he's screaming and whatnot. And he's not, and he's getting shot again, but it's always non lethal kills. Trying to get sucked into here. Cowboy's calling for backup. He needs tank backup. Everybody else is kind of losing it and wants to go forward. He's trying to hold everything together. One of the doc, the doc kind of is like, fuck this. I'm going to get him or whatever. He goes to try to get eight ball. He gets shot as well. Again, not killed though. And now Cowboy's like, look, I, we, I don't want to leave them here. We have to, we cannot fucking go into there. We're just going to keep getting shot one by one. So we have to wait for backup. And a, uh, animal mother's like, look, dude, we're not, we can't, they're going to fucking die before backup goes, you know, gets here. Cowboy's like, they're already fucking dead anyway. So what are you going to do? And then animal lover, animal mother loses it at this point, And he just fucking runs forward, letting loose shots from his M60 gets up to the, uh, forward area. He gets to a point where they now know that it's safe to go, and so yeah, he like he like makes a checkpoint. Yeah, he makes a checkpoint like, up until here. It's fine. Exactly that. Exactly that. And so cowboy and a few other guys are going to move up. They're going to try to flush out this fucking this situation, and they now know that at least there's nobody hiding in the buildings right next to where they're at. It's got to be further than that so they can move up part of the squad. They move up part of the squad to the next point and Cowboy gets shot through the chest while he's trying to uh radio in. Cowboy dies pretty much right away. They head out for payback. They jam up some Kubrick style music at this point. I notice it's very much like like horror sort yeah, of yeah. like Real atmosphere, atmosphere. Yeah. right? Exactly. Um they get up into the building. They finally figure out where this chick is. Joker jumps out, completely fucks up. Yeah. Gun jams. He can't clear the gun. Drops the gun at this point. Yeah. He's trying to fumble for his fucking forty-five. Yeah. And Man jumps in, saves his life, shoots the fuck out of the lady. Um, turns out to be like a little girl, basically. Not yeah. like a little girl, but like probably like 13 to 16 years old, sure. somewhere in that area, that had been killing all these people. Um like they, a young woman. Right. Animal mother wants to just fucking leave her. Let her fucking die. She can get eaten by the rats. But Joker's like, I can't 
I can't do this, man. Like I can't. I gotta. And then he puts one in their head to end her, and you know, save her from. I mean, she's already dead. So she's just sitting there praying. And it was were they hallucinating her saying, "Shoot me"? Uh, no, shoot she's. Me? I'm pretty she sure she's saying, saying "Shoot yeah, me." Yeah, she's just shoot me, right? Because yeah. she's hurting and shit. And so, um, Joker, you know, finishes her off, and then it kind of cuts to there. Then they're they're now leaving the um, city area, singing. Mickey Mouse, yeah, Mickey, M-I-C-K-E-Y, M-O-U-S-E, Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse. And with a voiceover of Joker kind of clearing up almost like how he feels now. Like he's been through the shit. He's no longer scared to die. He's he's taking it serious. And he's kind of kind of at peace at where he is at this point in the movie. Mm-hmm. And that is the end of this film. Um, a couple things. Uh, this battle... This this battle specifically was one of the turning points for the war, as I bring up. It was when um, America really turned on the war at this point. They were like, this is, this is fucking enough. This is absolutely pointless. And uh, they started to realist in real life pull out. A couple other things. The original part of Joker, Anthony Michael Hall. You remember that name? That's Brain. From oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, oh, that would have been interesting. Yeah, and he got in like a money argument or whatever. This is a few years after Breakfast Club sure. too, so he got yeah, in eighty nine, eighty seven, or eighty seven. So yeah, and those were like earlier eighties. So sure, yeah. um, yeah, they got into a money argument or whatever. Just can't work it out. So they they went with um, what is that guy's name? I can't even remember his name now. But he's no, been in know. a few other things because yeah, he was in Stranger Things and whatnot. So oh, was he? Yeah, he's the uh, the doc, um, the scientist, the head scientist in Stranger that's Things. Right? Yeah, that's crazy. So, yep. Right. And uh, Bruce Willis was also uh, asked to be in this movie, yeah. and he turned it down because at the time he was doing Moonlighting, that TV show. Um, yeah, uh, bad choice, but it is what it is. Um, so let's talk about this film in its completion. Now we kind of talked about the first half of yeah. it. Let's talk about your feelings now that this movie is complete. I didn't like it, man. Okay. I, I, I didn't. I, it's not that I didn't like it as a movie. If this had never happened in real life, this would have been a great movie. Super well done. Expertly shot. I cared about everybody. The thing that bothered me is that this stuff happened. And so watching people struggle with their role in one of the most horrific things that's ever happened and watching it happen in a in in a way where the director made sure to make it as visceral as possible made me deeply 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 uncomfortable. He chose to add a lot of things in this movie that were supposed to be there to make a person realize the the atrocities committed by both sides. And uh and I mean it hit its mark with me. You know, like I feel like whatever Kubrick was trying to show me with Gomer Pyle killing himself uh because he couldn't handle it. Uh, with a system that broke him down, uh, the guy that was murdering uh, farmers, um, the the multiple prostitution scenes where everybody was just very cool with it, uh, you know, the killing of the girl at the end. There were all of these moments w- that were supposed to be like, look at how fucking terrible this shit was. And you know what I thought? Wow, that shit was terrible. You know, like there was nothing about this movie that was a fun experience for me. I, again, if I was watching something... That never happened. If this shit was like this exactly, but it was set in space, I might have been able to enjoy it. But because it was just like, this was Vietnam, man. This was, you know, this happened 60 years ago. People were doing this shit. And and this is what war looks like. And it likely has happened since and maybe happening now in different countries. 
it just kind of was a huge buzzkill. You know, like I, I didn't, I didn't think, wow, what an entertaining movie. You know, like I was just like, this is rough, and it made me sad. And there was a couple of times where I got very emotional because I, like, I couldn't, I couldn't really like handle well the fact that this is that this is like some of humanity. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and and we yeah. we spend a lot of times uh, watching lighter stuff, horror, or whatever. You yeah, know? like yeah. we're in in situations where like. There's no aliens, right, <laughs> you right, know, for right. sure. And like we're we're still in those situations analyzing the human condition. Of course, you know, like how do people react when there's paranoia or whatever it is. But this was like Kubrick was just like I want to show people what war can be, you know. And it turns out that war is one of the most horrific aspects of human nature or of the human enterprise. And watching it was not a comfortable experience. This was this was a movie that I watched and was unhappy during and afterward. And it's funny, like, and I want to bring this up, what we were talking about before. Uh, a couple of days ago, we were talking about how, um, what your experience was, and we were talking about, yeah, and uh, and what you guys kind of went through uh, during boot camp and all that. And I said, I said, I could be a soldier, you know, like, if I'm going to sign up for it, I'm going to go and do the thing. Yep. I wouldn't, like, talk back because I'm above it. I'd be like, no, I signed up, you know, like, mm-hmm. I, this is what I'm doing. But that was what I expected uh, I, uh, I would react to through boot camp. And watching this, I didn't think anything different. You know, like uh, boot camp seems like the kind of situation where they're trying to get you ready. And listen, man, you signed up, so get ready. Focus up, you know, square up the way you were saying. Mm -hmm. But I would have absolutely deserted that war. Mm-hmm. There is nothing. There is nothing in me that thinks that I could handle a war. Yeah. And, and and like this is a Hollywood representation. I'm mm-hmm. sure war is much more viscerally viscerally real. But I could barely handle a Hollywood depiction of war. Sure. A, the reality of what war must be like is uh, so uh, detrimental to my mental health. I think that if I were to ever go there, I might end up like Gomer Pyle, like not killing anybody, but killing myself. Just because, like, I like I don't I can't even imagine uh, being being able to do it. I mean, being able to do it, much mm-hmm. less willing to yeah, or like no. enjoying it. I think that even just the capacity to be in a situation where I'm shooting or being shot at is not something that I I could ever handle. And so watching this movie and it's uh probably fractional depiction of of what the reality must be was deeply uncomfortable. It was really really ugly. So this would not be a recommend to you. Uh, I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know who you could recommend this movie to, you know? People who were in the army and want to watch something that's relatable? I don't I don't know. I can't think of anybody who, who should watch this movie to get enjoyment out of it. If you want to watch Kubrick show you maybe, like, some some small part of what war might actually have been like during Vietnam, uh, and you're interested in, in, in maybe, I don't know, empathizing or getting something from yeah. it, then, then go ahead, watch this movie. You know, this was well yeah. done. Kubrick did a great job. But, I was going to uh, ask but I you. I was uncomfortable the whole time. So where is this? Now you've watched four Kubrick films. Yes. Where is this on your list of? This Kubrick is my films? favorite one. Okay. So yeah, this is the this is the the one that I was like I was thoroughly engaged. Like I yeah. was I, I sat down and I didn't even I don't think I looked at my phone one time when I was watching yeah, this movie because yeah. I was I was so uh, captivated by yeah. by what this was showing me. It's funny. I watched this recently with with uh, my girlfriend, and I was laughing through like bunch of the first part and she was like not laughing and she was kind of like and i was you just you just have you just have to understand it and this movie um this is i don't know how many times i've seen this movie watching it this time i was like i love this film more than i could possibly imagine 
It is absolutely phenomenal, and it is one of my top twenty films of all time. Like rewatching it, I was this is this might be my favorite war film because a lot of what you brought up actually. Um, I want to point out things that are unique to this film. Okay, it's not just unique that this is like a dirty version of a war, right? A non saving private Ryan where we're on a noble quest or, um, even, um, yeah, cause saving private Ryan, I watched saving private Ryan a bunch of times. I like that movie. Sure. And I've watched Jarhead a bunch of times. I like yeah. that movie, but in both of those movies, um, you see a lot of atrocities or whatever, but it's sure. more talking about, um, you don't see the same as what you see in this. Uh, uh, the, you brought up Jarhead, and to me, this is nothing like Jarhead. No, the no, only no. Yeah. The only thing that's like Jarhead is the subject material is yes. also Marines yeah. being in basic training. Yes. And the subject matter is very similar, and the way it's presented is very similar, but everything it's talking about and what it's like presenting as like the point of the movie is very different. We have a problem making films like, like I point out, Saving Private Ryan, even... Black Hawk Down to a point. Even We Were Soldiers, another Vietnam movie. I'm not sure if you've seen that one or not, but it's it's a Mel Gibson Vietnam movie, so it's very much like The Patriot or whatever the fuck else, right? Super glorifying. Glorification of war. My two favorite war films are this and Stalingrad. The exact opposite. Stalingrad, Stalingrad, either. Stalingrad is a movie about a German unit who served in Italy, fought against the British in Italy, and it was kind of like... Um, I'm sorry, in Africa. And they kind of, Africa was kind of looked at as like a noble war because it was the Africa Corps versus, you know, these other. And like, of course, shitty things happen, but like you, you know, you fought nobly and, and you disabled someone's tank and you didn't kill the people that were in the tank. You disabled the tank so they can't really fight anymore. This and that, blah, blah, blah. And then they have a rest and recovery in Italy and then they're sent to Stalingrad. Okay. And as the lieutenant shows up, and he's he's decorated and everything else, and there's one guy in the unit that's kind of like this is this whole war is fucking bullshit, okay, right? And the one the lieutenant shows up, and he sees like Russian prisoners getting fucked up by German, like getting smashed in the face by Germans and stuff like that. And he goes to the to like he tries to stop it, and like the one of the guards like throws him off or whatever, right? And then he goes to talk to which would actually. I don't think that would happen because he was like a lieutenant and he goes to the um uh, what would be the equivalent of a captain in in the uh German army and he like wants to make a cl- complaint a formal complaint and the captain kind of like mocks him and he's like oh I'll send your complaint right to Hitler or whatever he can hear uh, he, I'm sure he would be very happy and he kind of laughs at him or whatever right and then it's just like miserable and the movie starts off though like as a very noble like you know they're getting medals and stuff like that and they're very and it just gets worse and worse and worse and it ends with them in the middle of winter in the snow dying of hunger basically and and that's the end of the war for them and then it's got some music and and it's very just depressing as fuck this is depressing but more because Something unique that the, I have never seen a war movie do, and I forgot about these scenes until I rewatched them. The interviews with the Marines and whatnot, and it's like they do that, they do that in yeah. Jarhead too. I don't even remember they, that. There's, okay. a, there's a full like they interview everybody. Oh, when okay. They've been there in the shit for a little sure. while, like in country. Yeah, and that's that's why I'm saying there was a lot of the same beats. Yeah. I, okay. When I was watching this movie, I'm like, the guy who watched Jarhead yeah. loves. Full of metal course, jacket. I'm sure. That's, <laughs> yeah. And um, and it's just like. It it was important to me. There's there's a lot going on with this film. I thought 
Joker's helmet button together. It was a perfect metaphor for this film. The born to kill, the peace symbol on the same. The, the emotions of all this film. The Kubrick wanted to make all of us, as we watch this, feel confused, feel passive, feel powerless, incapable of fair assessment of the overall movie. Because I think he's trying to give you... This movie give you a view of what a soldier's life basically is. The confusion of it, the 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 the, the you know back and forth of it and whatnot, the peacekeeping while war making sort of thing of it, the everything that goes on, and like the fact that you take these these individual people and break them down and create this this thing that you're trying to create, while also being and even worse now because now we're like, hey, go to war. Fight this war, come back, be a productive member of society. We'll maybe help you with the VA a little bit or something like that. You know, we'll maybe do a few things for you. But like to deprogram these people and like not have PTSD and become a functional member of, of society when some people have done fucking, you know, shit that most people don't want to do, right? Like uh, a friend of mine has a has a dad that that fought in Vietnam, and he's telling me stories that he gave. And if I remember correctly, he won like a bronze star for being in Vietnam. And I don't want to speak to his experience because obviously I'm not even his son. But like I remember some of the things he took, it was just how horrible it was, you know, and like how shitty everything about Vietnam was. But then like you know, I I don't think it was any different with like. World War II, it's just that the motivation, the way we motivated people was different. We were able to motivate people that this was a war, Nazism was out of control, and we were gonna we were we were sent to Europe. You know, look at Eisenhower's speeches on D Day and whatnot. Like it was all about the idea wasn't the idea behind uh, Vietnam and why we were there in order to uh, stop evil co- communism. communism. Right? Sp- yeah. The spread of communism had gotten out of control, yeah. and we were gonna st- help stymie that yeah. because South Vietnamese wanted to be its own place, like Korea, you know, like South Korea, North Korea, and have that, you know, legitimacy. And so we were there fighting, and it was... But it was also because um, they were Russian or USSR allies now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, North Vietnam was. Yeah, so... Just like like North Korea. It was a strategic, like... Of course, that's all that... But that's what I'm saying, like, in the greater context, because, like, you got to remember, I'm not a war guy, I've never been a war guy, I've never been to war, I've never been a soldier, I don't know, know or like most of this stuff. Right, right. And so I had to reach out to a friend who is a war guy... Yeah. Uh, when, as soon as this movie was over, and I was just like, "Hey, man, can you explain to me Vietnam? Like, yeah. what was the whole context there?" Because while watching this, I realized I don't, I didn't know why that had even happened. Mm-hmm. And watching a horrific display of war made me think, okay, clearly sometimes wars are, if not necessary, definitely inevitable. Yes. Some of them, I have a good historical context for why they've happened. Sure. More specifically, I've got a good good historical context for World War One and World War Two. Mm-hmm. I know enough about history to understand the context there. Sure. Uh, and I also understand the context of greater American wars, like the Civil War, and more recent American wars, mm-hmm. because I've lived in those times. Mm-hmm. But I didn't. I realized I didn't know what the fuck the point of the Vietnamese War was. Like I, I suddenly, when I was watching this movie, realized. Wait, why were we there in the first place? Yeah. I had to reach out and like yeah. get some context for this. Absolutely. Because it, I had to find some way of not justifying but understanding why this horrific thing happened. Mm-hmm. Because there's not always going to be a good reason. Right. And then a lot of times when you really look into it, there's never really been good reasons. Yeah. Reasons that are inevitable maybe. But right. Well, I would say like everything reasons. from... 
the end of World War II through like modern times has been bullshit um, political systems attempting to be the most powerful superpower when it boils down to it. It's not just, it's not Vietnam, it's Korea, Vietnam, the first war in Afghanistan, the Russian war in Afghanistan, the war, the, the fighting that happened in Granada. Like there's so many conflicts that people don't even know about fighting all over Africa between Russians and Americans through mercenary units and things of that nature, CIA operatives, um, KGB shit like that all through that entire fucking continent. Okay. And like, even tying into, well, I mean, like, the whole wars in the Middle East are a little bit different because that's more, that's more like a religious thing. And I don't want to, like, kind of want to breach into that too much because we could get into Israel and all that type of stuff. And that would be a whole nother podcast we could do. But the wars, the greater wars that were the nut measuring contest between Russia and America cost so many fucking lives. And it's always funny to lives. me when uh, you always see... You know, I'm trying to be as apolitical as I can on here because I am a moderate. And but you always see posts on Facebook and shit like that. How many lives did communism cost? How many fucking lives did capitalism cost? Because we were not okay with them taking over Korea. We were not okay with them taking over Vietnam. You know, these these small wars, I don't they're not small wars. Even the small wars were the were the African continent wars. But these wars that were fought over just we didn't like that country being red. We want that country to be blue because that's what we are. And we're trying to exert as much of our control as we can over the world. And I don't care what anybody says. We're some of that an ally. Though, some of that, though, uh, is that's where I'm saying maybe the reasons weren't good, but the reasons are inevitable. Because I don't necessarily think that that's a good reason to kill, you know? What's that? Uh, like, differing ideologies. Of course. Yeah, yeah. But... Political ideologies, especially. Especially, yeah. Well, and, and economic ideologies, because capitalism and communism are kind of... Yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 yep, 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 yep. But the, um, the idea that they are inevitable seems, like, fine. Like, you have to accept that. If if um if major powers mm-hmm. are um are okay. trying to disagree yeah and and are trying to become as powerful and stable as possible, uh they're gonna say hey you know let's fight over this yeah you know? and and I and I get that that happens I'm not I'm not some person who's like we should just kind of talk it out like yeah it's not gonna happen. I, I think I, idealistically you talk it out right yeah. but like war is inevitable we've sometimes. been doing that since. The 80s, pretty much now. Like Talk, we've been, our country out. has been. Our, There's still I, some I wars, <clears throat> though. Our world has done a good job of that since of curbing the, the of the huge wars, right? Because like the wars, last yeah. huge war was what Vietnam, basically. I'm trying to I'm trying to remember if there was anything that was that scale since then. And I mean, like, sure. I mean, was so I don't understand the difference in size specifically mm-hmm. between Vietnam and the Gulf Wars. Oh, the Gulf War was nothing because the Gulf War was just. Basically, America and some allies versus Iraq, and it was a very short war. That I, I mean, it lasted what a couple of weeks? It was like a couple of months, maybe. Like, I don't know. It was, it was definitely like a not not a long war. And, and by the Gulf Wars, I do mean like oh, you mean the newer ones too? Yeah, the newer ones. Okay, too. yeah, those were more you know the Bush Wars you're talking to. Yes, um, and and more specifically the Bush Wars or Bush or W's Wars. Yeah, because I was alive in so W's my. Wars. My justification, okay, so I have two different feelings on the two different wars. Iraq war, I'm mostly against, 
Afghanistan war. Okay, the first, I want to point out, the first Iraq war I'm completely for, okay? It's one of the reasons I hate Bernie Sanders, because he was one of the only senators to vote against that war. And that war to me was, I mean, I don't even want to say was, it literally was Iraq invading one of our allies, and we responded to that invasion, okay? And we invaded Iraq. Um, And then we did enough to beat their asses back, and then we left. Like, that was the first Bush's way of doing that. We're like, we're not going to fucking invade and take over this. We're just going to beat down the fucking military power. And then you can have your country, but stay the fuck out of our ally. Okay. And the reason I always have a problem with the Senator is because I get what his argument was that we're going to be in a place that's going to fight forever. But Bush specifically didn't do that. And if his idiot son didn't refire up that war, Iraq, Saddam Hussein would probably still be in charge. And that's not great, but it wouldn't be the weird fucking situation that we've had over the last how many ever years. So that's my one frustration with him. Cause it's like, if your ally is invaded by a foreign power, Ooh, and What's you do not of, help the them. Of being an ally? Why would they anyone be our ally yeah, at that point? Yeah. The right. The point oh, of having allies is that right. you're going to get. And like the out. argument that they're small and they're Middle Eastern, this and that is is complete bullshit to me. Okay. Because well, I mean, so if, are we only going to come if, to the ally of powerful places? I, what I, well, I mean, what I what I was going to say is if if you're not going to go into them into their country to help them out, yeah, then, then don't ever say they're your ally. Yeah, they exactly. Just don't make allies with you're them. just a person. You're yeah. just another country. Then just be so. like, oh, I don't care about you. You're too small or Middle Eastern or whatever right. it is that you're. Your right. Is. So I'm, the moment you say no, we're allies. We're mm-hmm. in this together. Then if you're getting picked on, you gotta go in there and help. The second Iraq war, that's that's a problematic one, man. That the is, second Iraq war was one that I was alive for. I yeah. remember all of it. Yeah, and it, it was problematic. The Afghanistan war, I understand. Um, just because of the whole situation with Osama bin Laden. Yeah, exactly. And that's a hard one because like it's a, Afghanistan was kind of in a rock and a hard place at that point. Cause it's like, whether you give up this guy and you're, you know, this, this, this unit, you know, the Al Qaeda yeah. or do you go to war with us? You know? And it's like, if you give them up, then you're losing part of your power as a Taliban and whatnot. Yeah. And like, I don't know. It's, it's, I've, as I've gotten older, I realize that there are no fucking black and white wars no. anymore. Yeah. Like, I mean, there aren't ever. Right, exactly. And that's the, exactly. that's the, I think that's what, uh, this movie did really well. And what kind of made me uncomfortable watching it is that, one, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not naive enough to think that there's a black and white war. You know, yeah. it, it, war is, always, I mean, Game of Thrones taught us that. <laughs> if, yeah. <laughs> no, if for no other reason, Game of Thrones taught me that there's right. no black and white wars. But the, um, the idea that, like, Every yeah. war has war criminals on both sides is a deeply horrific thing. And right. that's why I reached out to find out the greater context of the Vietnam War. Right. Because some of them you kind of you make your peace with. You go, yeah, humans are shit. Yeah. But this one is especially humans are shit. Yeah. The Vietnam mm-hmm. uh, War is one where I can really go, wow, so we just went in there and killed people and got killed ourselves for no fucking reason. Yeah. Uh, like that one, that one just seems a little less like it was needed. It's a tough one, man, and it's one of those ones where looking back in hindsight, it it doesn't I mean, make you, a ton of sense. You, you, you always wish that there were no wars, but that one just seems like egregious. Yeah. All right, man. Well, that was a huge downer of an episode, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're going to find um, the next movie we do quite different. It's also a Vietnam movie, but it's 
it's it's told as an adventure rather than, than which, which one are we doing next? Apocalypse Now. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And that's more of an adventure than this is. But this is it's 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 good that we're hitting these ones because these are like the Academy Award winning type of films and whatnot. Because Apocalypse this one deserved it. Yeah. Uh, like I said, man, I've watched four Kubrick movies now, right? And this is my favorite one, right. and also the one that I like the least. Yeah. The one that made me un- most uncomfortable and unhappy because it's the most dealing with reality. Best. It's yeah. the most realistic situation, and it. And it deals with things that actually really happen. So, yeah. and, and and for like I am in a very privileged era uh, generation because I was born in eighty eight, right? And so uh, I was too young. I was, I mean, when I turned eighteen, it was like I don't. know, You didn't really need soldiers yeah, in the yeah. in the Iraq War anymore. Yeah. Like people were still signing up, obviously. Sure. But it was it was many years after it happened. Mm-hmm. And so um, I have I grew up in like a rejection of the Vietnam War. I, I, I came of age at the end of the Bush years. Uh, and so for me, the idea of going to war has always been a ridiculous, like, why, why the fuck would I ever go yeah. to war, you know? And so watching a movie set in a time period where, I mean, if you didn't go, it was because you were denying being drafted and you were going to prison for not going. Well, I mean, you know, not like, everybody was drafted either. No, I so. know, but like like the Vietnam War was the one that were people being drafted. Yeah, right? yeah, the like, la- is that the last dra- Yeah, that's the last war that had a draft. Yeah, and like that one the one of the big things on the counter revolution or in the the counter uh, military side was um I am not going and I would rather go to jail than not go, you know. Yeah. And so uh, that's that's a pretty, like, stark kind of thing. You know, like, a lot of times when boomers are just like, oh, you kids are, like, uh, coddled, you know? Yeah. Like, you, you want your participation trophies while I was, like, in the shit, you know? And, like, yeah, I get it. You know, the government yeah. at the time I think put I, you in the shit. <laughs> you know, I like, wanna, I'm, not, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not even begrudging them and going, nah, fuck you, you no. know? Like, like, yeah, you guys went through shit that I, yeah. that, that I hopefully will never go through. Right, right. That I'm thankful I'll never go through. Yeah. And I don't begrudge anybody uh, that has that mentality. It must suck. It yeah. really must suck. Having been young and sent to war. Forced. Like, forced to war. Forced yeah. to war to kill or be killed for nebulous reasons. Yeah. And then watch kids nowadays complain about, you know, their video Cell game phones. systems and shit. Like, that must be infuriating. Like, like I, yeah. I, I get it. Totally. But also, I'm really happy that that's what I get to complain about. Yeah. I You cannot believe how I'm sure fucking grateful I am that that's what I complain about. There's plenty of... Dude, there are plenty of... I know you're talking about one type of Vietnam vet or one type of era vet, like, from that era. But, like, there are I'm plenty... I'm just talking about, like... The, hardened old. People. I want to point out there are plenty of Vietnam vets that are like, "Fuck that war was bullshit." Sure, like, yeah, yeah. like I love my brothers. I love you know the you know the people I served with, but that war was fucking bullshit, yeah. and we should have never been there in the first place. So sure. like, and that's a, know, I, that's a common sentiment even right. on people that you know were over there and stuff. Okay. I just mean I, I just mean the greater context of like hardened older people yeah. going, wow, you guys are complaining about bullshit. I mean, Muhammad Ali refused to fucking fight. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. he's like, I'm not going to fucking go somewhere to p- kill other poor people, you know? Yeah, yeah. And for, for a country that shits on us still, like, yeah, yeah. I use a black dude in the 60s, man. Like, you still shit on us regularly. Why the fuck should I go to another? That Vietnamese person probably likes me more than you <laughs> fucking like me and yeah. shit, you know? So it is what it is, man. Yeah. All right. But, well... That's the end of the episode, everybody. Uh, hopefully next week we talk about uh, yeah. war in a way that is not so dour. 
You can uh, um, join us for Apocalypse Now. It's a great hit from the late 70s. We'll be putting on our gear, basically. We're, we're going to try to fit in there. We'll put on rucksacks while we're doing it live. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you can uh, expect that next time when you see us or when you listen to us, uh, you'll be watching us watch this movie as we're going through like a boot camp situation. Live. I'm kidding. We're never doing this live. Well, I wanted to see exotic Vietnam, the jewel of the Southeast. I wanted to meet interesting and stimulating people of an ancient culture and kill them. I wanted to be the first kid on my block to get a confirmed kill. 